You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a Hespid for Rav Yachmiel Gelshen Ben Harab Yehuda Edelstein Zechel Tzadik Kodesh Lodrocha, who was Niftil on the 10th of Sivan last. Um, the Torah de Gevelt, of course, is in mourning. And I believe the Anglo Velt, outside of Eretz Yisrael, of course, here in North America, um, is in a way desirous of understanding the sheer koima of this onov, of this person that strode uh, so uh, delicately uh, and yet had such an impact. Even, uh, to be honest, even the chevra that I knew who learned in Ponyevich, many of them did not know Rav Gelshin because Rav Gelshin, uh, for years, since he got the, the Maimad so many years ago, 70 years ago, gave this year for the first year Bochim. And most of the American friends that I had, even growing up, uh, were already of an age where they would be put in a different shear. So many of the people I contacted did not really have a personal connection to Rav Gelshin because Rav Gelshin was the Magad Shir, the Magad Shir for his Olam. And although we're going to hear later some beautiful Zichroinas from an American Bochur who was the exception to the rule, pushing and pushing and calling, I was able to, uh, Baruch Hashem, be able to be connected to our first Maspid, Rav Yitzhak Lobenstein, who uh, is a, a renowned educator in an area that is, the Tzayra Chador is so great, uh, of families that are dealing with children uh, who are called, and again, it's a, it's a very bad way to refer to them as off the derech, um, and Rav Lobenstein has been an innovator. He is the founder of the uh, the institution called Veheshiv. I'm the Pasuk Veheshiv Leivovos Albonim, Leivbonim Alavisom. And uh, he is a, a very sought-after speaker and machaber of various svarim, famously the Sefer Tinak Shenishbar. And I, he took a cold call from me. And he, he covered, of course, the, the, the Goyen Rav Gelshen, uh, Rav Lobenstein uh, will begin his his connection to Rav Gershon was very much in his field, and where Rav Gershon stood as a giant. Rav Lobenstein, thank you so much. Good evening and uh, good afternoon for some. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm not used to speaking on platforms like this when I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I think anybody who's coming to listen to share is is already in good company. So I, do, I will make a disclaimer. That I did not learn in Yeshiva's Ponovej, even though my family is very strongly connected to Ponovej, but I was, was not Zeicha myself to learn there. But with the work that I've been doing for the last couple of decades, when Rabban Leib Steinman in Tovshin Samchalif, he pushed me to stay in this work. I was trying to cop out of it because it was taking too much head. I wanted to sit and learn. And Rabban Leib said to me, no way, you've got to, this is where you're supposed to be, and this is where you stay. And with time, obviously, when you're working primarily with either troubled teenagers, troubled teens, we don't need to call them off the derech, on the derech, everyone calls them in whatever names they want to call them, but they're, you know, holy brothers and sisters who are just struggling in pain, maybe get there in a few minutes, and 
And obviously, there's some very serious questions come up because at the end of the day, when you know, I'll give you an example, I once had a bocha called me up from America someplace. He called me up and said, I heard about you. Can I come and speak to you? I said, okay, but like, and then he said to me, yeah, but before I come and speak to you, um, can I ask you a question? So I said, sure. So he says to me, I've been to countless therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists and, and, and the works. And like, what makes you think that you can do something that they can't do? So I said to them that um, he told me who he'd been to. And I said, typically, those people are going to be discussing almost every part of you. But there's one part of you that they're negating or they're not even aware of. And that's your neshama. And, you know, for somebody who's going to try and heal, cure, um, mend or direct, influence, whatever you want to call it, but without getting a full picture of who you are, it's not going to work. Us as Klanistral, Maminim Bnei Maminim, we know that it's all in the Torah. So of course, Chochma Bagayim Tamin, and there's a tremendous amount of information, knowledge, and there's there's lots of amazing things out there. But at the end of the day, if the only tools you're going to be using are the tools from the Chochma Bagayim, then you'll pretty much be dealing with the goof, I, say, I don't know exactly what terms to use, because I'm not really sure who I'm speaking to. But there's the more physical, even in the spiritual side of a person, there's the more animalistic types. It's the Nefesh Habahamis, you could call it. And they'll be dealing with that. But if you're not dealing holistically with the entire being, the entire person, then you're going to miss the boat. And the same goes if, if we're going to be working and using tools that come from Chochmah Bagoyim and don't come from Torah, then you're going to be missing something. And Rav Yashav Zetel once said to somebody that hear what you know. It's okay to hear what you know the the Chachmas Hagoyim, what they have to say. The all sorts of of Chachmas out there, all sorts of ideas and things that have been developed. You know, Hashem's given it to them. Chachma Bagoyim Tamin. But make sure never to let go of the Torah. Make sure that the guiding light is always the Torah. Put it always through the filter of Torah. So you might hear some amazing idea by somebody or other, and it may sound true. If you can anchor it in Torah, then there's a good chance it will work for, for all of us who are anchored in Torah. If it's not anchored in Torah, you're probably going to miss the boat, because there's a part of us that can only find wholesome and you know, wholesome being and, and healing only within the Torah. And obviously, who is the Torah? And there's Torah Shabbatav, and there's Torah Shabbatav, and there's lots of Sforim, all that is good. But ultimately, like it says in, in Chazal, Shmuel Badoiroi, Niftach Badoiroi, every generation has its Moshe Rabbeinu, has its leaders who are given the Siyat Adishmaya to tune into the generation, to understand what's unique with every generation, the unique challenges, as well as the unique approaches to working with the challenges and, and working around them and with them. And so at the end of the day, we found ourselves, or at the beginning of the day, we found ourselves, myself and the people I'm working with, at the door of Reb Gershon, who's a genius, mechanach, um, besides of being an amazingly worked on person. Anyone who ever came in touch with him, the serenity, the calmness, the, the clarity, the, it was just something that you had to see to be able to, to take in. He didn't get frazzled as they say in the slang he didn't get carried away he didn't he knew that we were coming in there with a video machine with a cameraman he knew that we were videoing him he knew this was going to go viral most of you many of you have probably seen the 
that famous video with Rabbi Gershon that I went in together with with Rabbi Fishoff and, 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 and you know and others. We went in there and we asked him the most difficult questions that came to our table. Questions where I would say controversial questions, which with controversial answers, whichever way you hold it. And we knew that we could go to Rabbi Gershon. He gave us all the time we needed. And he was just there to give us that clarity. Now, Rabbi Gershon, being the humble God ladder that he was, you know, he didn't, I would almost say he didn't make anything up. He had an, a great Rebbe, the Chazanish. You've all heard of the Chazanish. And the Chazanish was also had an amazingly deep understanding of human nature as well as Torah. And in his various writings, he, he outlined what, what would put many psychologists to shame. If the psychologists would actually go through a lot of what the Chaznish wrote, would realize, whoa, he had it all out. The Chaznish did not learn psychology, uh, but he had it all worked out. And if you actually go through the writings of the Chaznish and the teachings of Abigarishan, you'll see that they are, there's a single line that they've taken, and it's extremely profound. And and that's something that, that I think I'd be happy to share with you. It should be a schus for, for Gershon, for the Chaznish, and even more so, it should be a chizuk for all of us. There's a cliche, I would almost say. The Gemara calls it Omri Inchi. People used to say, the closest translation to that I could get to is probably a cliche. What did people used to say? Oy chavrusa, oy misusa. Either I have a companion or I'm good as dead. I can't survive. I can't. I cannot survive misusa in in its most simple terms. I cannot survive. And and that's an amazing secret. And the Torah is telling us, the Gemara is telling us. And if the Gemara quotes what these people are saying, the Chida discusses why the Gemara quotes these people. But if the Gemara quotes Omri Inchi, what people are saying, there's then that becomes Torah. Well, that's not the discussion for now. That becomes Torah. And. If the container is telling us that if you see people who who feel like dying, who feel dead, and unfortunately those who even attempt to make a move in that direction, then you can be sure that what's probably going on is that there's a lack of chavrusa. There's something about a companion that is missing. And if we can dissect what that is, it will be an opening to this painful and, and emotionally draining world of, of people who are feeling alone, alienated, disattached, disconnected, and will we'll give us an, a, a window into their world. And then once we understand what's what's so missing with them, which namely we'll soon see what it means, but chavrusa, if we can actually be that chavrusa for those people, then we've actually almost, we are the antidote to what's making their life feel such a misery. Now, what is chavrusa? What, what, what does the Gemara actually mean by that? And so the truth is the Gemara in two places in Shas, and only in two places in Shas, quotes this saying of Oy Chavrusa, Oy Misusa. Once in Tainis Davchof Gimel, and once in the Gemara in Baba Basha. The Gemara in Tainis Davchof Gimel makes it extremely clear, you can look it up inside. Choynia Ma'agol, a holy Tana. He said to Hashem, he, was, he woke up after 70 years. Some of you will know the story. He was asleep for 70 years, a miracle in its own right. And he woke up after 70 years, came into the Beis HaMedrash, and the, the, the disciples, the Talmidim of the time, could not give him the kavod, the respect, the significance that he needed. 
he, he just it didn't work. And he's and Magal Davan Hashem and said to Hashem, Hashem, people are not giving me the covet that I need. We used to thinking covered is like a bad thing. Well, that's true if it's abused, but covered as an innate and in and of itself is something which is oxygen. And the great Tana said to Hashem, I cannot do this. I do not have the minimum basic covered that I need. And Hashem said, you're right. And Hashem took him away. Chayni Amagol died at the time as a Tana that because he didn't get covered. And the Gemara says, that's what people say, Oy Chavrusa, Oy Misusa. And then there's another Gemara, Daftezvav, I think, in Baba Basha, where the Gemara there says that Eoiv, who barely managed to survive what he was going through, and he had some amazing friends, Oy Havim, people that loved him, and he loved them. And the Gemara says that without that, Eoiv wouldn't have survived. And then again, the Gemara says, Oy Chavrusa, Oy Misusa. So the only two places in, in Gomorrah where we see that there's a certain traits that a person's life is dependent on it is once in the context of COVID, once in the concept in the context of love of Ava. Those are the two basic ingredients that every single human being needs. There are others, and in my book, Tinek Shanishbar, there's a whole chapter of, of about 10 basic human needs, all from the Torah, but these are definitely the ones that are of the primary ones. And the Chazanish, if you look in Amunah Bitochen, in the Sefer Amunah Bitochen, in Perik Dalad, in Oisiu Dalad, the Gemara says that, the Chazanish says that people make the mistake thinking that love, loving oneself, and the concept of love is negative, that kavod is negative. I mean, people do say that you fall in love, and the love that you fall into probably is negative. But when you take the love, the Torah's way, then that's something which is not as negative. And the Chaznesh says, do you think that Kovid and Ava are things that are destroying the Nefesh? He writes there that Shlila Sanatiyo if you negate the, the need for Kovid and for Ava, don't think, don't think that they are the, the construction blocks of the Nefesh. No. Elostiras Havayosi. And he's obviously means those Gomorrahs that with, in the absence of these two things, then stira sabiyasi means that his whole, a person's whole being has become demolished. And taking that then to, to Reb Gershon, we know Reb Gershon said it on countless occasions. Reb Gershon said that there's the Kovid and Yedidus. He's famously known as being the Baal HaKovid V'Yedidus, the one who coined the, this concept of Kovid of respect and, and love. And he said that all you can do, the only medicine, he called it a medicine, he said the only medicine you can have to help these teenagers come back is giving them a huge dose of COVID and a huge dose of Yedidus. And then they come back. What is this COVID that the Gemara speaks about? What is Ava? I know that I'm going quick and I'm saying a lot, but I'm hoping that some parents somewhere along the line will hear this and, and it will make a big difference to them. So COVID is, the concept of COVID means where a person is unique. This is where I stand out. This is where my light shines. And there's not a single child in the world that does not excel or that isn't good at something, that isn't worthy of something, isn't able to be successful at something. It might not be learning Rajba. 
it, it can always be in some connection to Torah, and it can be in other areas as well. It doesn't matter what it is. You can be the best bookbinder. You can be the best electrician. You can be, it doesn't matter. You can give a share. You can get groups together. This, it's endless. Every person needs to feel, I am unique. I make a difference. If I wouldn't be here, somebody would miss me. Not just for who I am, but for what I'm worth. That's as far as COVID is concerned. And if you don't find, if you can't see what's unique about your child, whether it's the healthy child or the struggling child, then you as parents have work to do. And you rack your heads together and make sure you find out what can this kid excel? I sometimes have parents calling me and saying, my son wants to do martial arts. He wants to do bodybuilding. He wants to do judo, whatever you're going to call it. But he's supposed to be a shivabacha. Or in our circles, we don't do these things. And then I would explain to parents and say, it doesn't matter where it's going to be. He's got to taste success somewhere in his life. If he's going to be the only one in his class, the only one in his shul, the only one in his community, who's going to be a pro in martial arts, you give that to him because then he will get his COVID back. Once he has his COVID back, then he will be able to become and stay a functioning, healthy human being. And then that will boil over and to, to everything else in his life. Coming to Ava, to love, the Mishnah says in Maseches Ovis that true love is it's unconditional. Do you know what unconditional means? Unconditional means that nothing you do can defy me. Nothing, nothing that you, no amount of defiance will override and overpower the amount that I love you. Do you hear that? If it's, if it's not conditional on anything, it means there's nothing you can do that's going to dent the love I have for you. You, you can try and betray me. You can try try and hurt me, you can try and be chutzpahdik, you can try and negate me, you can try and, you can do bad mouth me, you can try whatever you want. But since my love to you is unconditional, nothing you do is going to make a difference. Now that's very, very deep and very, very profound. And the only way that can work is if you can feel that the other person actually becomes a part of who you are, either becomes a part of who you are, as in marriage, or is part of who you are, as in parents, siblings, and children. And you have to be able to tune into that. It, there's a famous story in Rabbi Saul Salanta brings it. It's, it's, it's a marshal. But Rabbi Saul Salanta said there was this big Rosh Hashiva who had a great Talmud he was very proud of. And he had a son who he was getting no nachas from. And then a fire broke out. And he could only save one of the two. So everyone would think this child is giving him so much grief. He's got this amazing star Talmud, this pupil. He's surely going to save the pupil. Right to Abbasal Salanta, no. His, his instinct is going to go straight for the son. It doesn't matter what the son is or isn't doing. He's my son, and you're going to save him. That is what the real love is. A well-known example would be Rabari Levine, who went to the doctor and told the doctor, my wife's foot is hurting us. So if we say it, it's because we're copying Rabari Levine. But when Rabari Levine said it, then, then that was that very, very real. And a Talmud to Rebbe, the Ramam says that a, a Rebbe has to love his students. Do you know what that means? That means if your student comes late one day, or if your student doesn't listen, or if he fails a test, it's not going to dent the amount that you care about that student. If when that student comes in, you start feeling discomfort, 
rage, anger because he came late and you're sure he came late to spite you because he comes late every day, etc. Then there's lacking the amount of ava you've got there. And your influence on the student is going to be minimized tremendously. So this was the, the big secret. It's profoundly simple. But I can guarantee you a child who feels covered and a child who feels ava is a resilient child. What happens when, when a child goes through an adverse child experience? There's a number of them. And he, what we, in contemporary terms, we would call it trauma. What happens with trauma in very basic, without getting technical, and without speaking about the amygdala and the parts of the brain and all that? It's not necessary to go into all that. We're not doctors. But what does trauma do? Trauma does one thing and one thing only. It negates a person. He gets to a place where here your value is down to zero, down to naught. All the level that you believe anyone's going to love you is down to naught. If a child goes to an experience like that, that's it. Then you've got, you get, you're zoning into a situation called misusa. Just a few minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, I had somebody, a bocha, who was sitting here who was, went totally off the derech. And Baruch Hashem, he came back, and he's getting married, and he came here to see if I could help him with his um, his first his leg up into marriage. And I said to him, I said, listen, Tzadik, you know, maybe just share a little bit. What, you know, what, what did you go through? People don't go off the derech just for the fun of it. If you went totally off, then you must have been in a tremendous amount of pain. What's the story? What's the deal? So obviously you said to me, what do you mean? I'm an exception to the rule. Nothing ever happened to me. I just wanted to have fun. And it was great fun to go off the derech. Today I realized it was stupid, but it was great fun. That's all. That's why I went off the derech. I said, okay, does that mean that you were happy in school and happy at home and everything was going fine and you just wanted to have fun? Did I get you right? He says, no. So I said, now I'm confused. So what's the issue? He says to me, what do you mean? For 10 years, every single day I came to school, I was kicked out of the lesson. I was always the bad boy. They always looked at me negatively. Nobody ever had anything nice to say about me. And then I showed him, I says, Tzadik, do you realize what's going on here? You're saying nothing happened to you. Everything happened to you. You're, the level of COVID you were given in school was zero. You've, at least that's the way you felt. And then it came to a point where you were so desperate. You said, I'm going to go to a place where whoever I am is going to be respected. And that was the streets. There's no rules there. And he says, wow, you're right. I have yet to find a child who hasn't been to some severe trauma, complex trauma, without going into all the details of trauma, we don't have a lot of time. But when your child or any person goes through a trauma, then what's happened is it's either his COVID or his alpha has been, has been taken away from him. The way to cure him is to give him exactly that. Don't try and push him back onto the derech. Don't try and control him. Control is not one of the things in the Ava toolbox, nor is it in the Kovi toolbox. It's in the Chinuch toolbox. But somebody who's at the stage of Misusa is not able to be Chinuch. You, you cannot Chinuchize him. He's nobody there. He's in survival mode. We know that when it comes to survival mode, when it says V'chai Bohem, it's, it overrides Kolatei Kula. Don't come to me with Chinuch. All you can do now is Hatzola, is Kiruv at the, at the best, Atzala at the worst. This kid, statistically, huge 
tens of percent, I don't want to, to, to say numbers here, I don't know where this is going, but huge percentages of kids who are who are slipping off the derech contemplate ending their lives on a daily basis. We're dealing here with 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 the choylim sheyesh bem sakona, and they don't care about life. And then they engage in all sorts of dangerous activities, addictions, without naming them. It, it's, it's dangerous. So we have to realize, put the chinuch toolbox away. Now, I have to make a disclaimer. I'm not talking about regular chinuch. I'm not talking about a child who's testing the system, a child who's trying to test the, the boundaries of the parents. No. Go to good chinuch lessons, get guidance to be a, to, to use the tools of chinuch appropriate for 2023. Toshin Pei Gimel. It changes every few months. Go to the right people and you'll get the right tools. I'm talking about the people who have been through so much trauma that either the COVID or the AVA has been totally depleted. They are now in trauma mode, they're in survival mode. With them, put your Chinuch toolbox away. Take out the Kirov toolbox. Take out the Hatzala toolbox and start piling on oxygen, COVID, Yedidus, COVID, Yedidus, nonstop. On a number of occasions, I've said over a very powerful story. I hope it never happened. With, you know, the job of a rabbi is you've got to be there. The way the slang goes, hatch, match, and dispatch. You've got to be there at the bris, you've got a rov, and at the wedding, you've got a rov, and you have a rov at a levaya. So there was this person who, who was really not doing well. He was the end of his life, and the family called him in and said, you know, you're the rabbi, and this is part of your job. You were there at his bris, you were there at his wedding, at his chasna. Now he's about to depart. Can you please come? The rabbi says, okay, it's my job. He came there. This fellow was weak and could hardly move. And then this, this fellow was turned to the rov and he couldn't even speak. He was motioning to him, you know, as if a pen and paper. Okay, so the rov says, you want a pen and paper? You want to write something down? Maybe you have something important to tell us. He gave him a pen and paper. He wrote something down. For some reason, the rov didn't even read it. He put it in his pocket thinking, in a few hours from now, I'm going to have to give a hesped. A eulogy, this is going to be major. You know what it means for a rabbi to have a note written a few seconds before somebody passes away, written, handwritten by that person. Okay, put it in his pocket, and three minutes later, the person expired. He passed away. Two hours later, he comes to the levaya, and he suddenly remembers, I've got this holy note. Let's take it out. He takes a note out of his pocket, and it says on the note, Rabbi, you're standing on my oxygen pipe. Sometimes we are, are so busy trying to do chinuch and trying to do the right thing that we don't realize that we are just, that we are suffocating these kids. Let them be. Pile on COVID. Pile on ava. If you think that they have forgotten everything you taught them, go and have them tested for Alzheimer. If they don't have Alzheimer's, they have not forgotten anything. All they need, they're in distress. They are craving COVID via Didus. Ava and COVID, oy chavrusa, oy misusa. Uh, understood this, despite the fact that the type of chinuch he was involved in was the idyshab idyus. You don't get into Ponovich unless you are the top, the almost opposite of the type of students, boys and girls who you were counseling about. So it's incredible that Rav, Rav Gershon, who spent so many years dealing with the, the Shufra de Ame in terms of students, had the understanding of humanity of what even the Shvacha students that probably never were part of his base medrash at all. It's one thing if you have someone like David Trank, 
and others who who were part of in schools that always excelled for the guys who couldn't fit in. But Rav Gershon was able to give Eitzes from from his precipice, from where he was standing. That I think is amazing. And just to make it clear for people who are listening to this to find out, the sock that went viral was that even if the children, I believe, were asking for money to help feed that habit that it was destructive at that point, the the parent, till he has his stratagem, should should acquiesce and allow the the child to have that. Correct. Correct. And he said things that were even more outrageous because, and really asking a good big question: How did he get it right? And the answer is because there's only one Torah. And if you've been through from Brochus to Uktin, you have all the answers. I mean, I don't come anywhere near of Gershon in anything. And in the book that I'm about to print, the Tinnik Shanishbar, there's about five or 6,000 sources, many of them straight out of Shas, exactly how to deal with these teenagers, how to deal with them. It's, Gershon, he came from Torah. He had Rebbe's the Chazanish amongst others. And when you're coming from Torah, it's not about, I'm used to this, I'm not used to that. It's not about the students in my yeshiva or your yeshiva. It's about the Torah. It's about how does Hashem and his Torah look at all of dif- that different people, different levels. And he says, oh, this type of child needs this. And this type of child needs that. So Gershon himself wasn't somebody who was lax. He was not liberal. He was somebody who was going with the letter of the law and beyond. But he knew the Torah's the psak for these people it's Pikuach Nefesh. This is how you deal with Pikuach Nefesh for these boys. So, Rav Yitzchok, thank you for uh, giving us this message and tethering Rav Gershon, his personality and his godless, to that. Um, we hope you'll stick around because we have uh, another person who took a cold call from me. Actually, it was a call that I guess it was not cold. He was breathing the air uh, that was coming in through the airplane socket, the air, as as I called him, as he was on the airplane leaving from America, I was able to get his number. He called me, uh, and I was very happy to have conversations with Agoyen Rav Yechiel Novik, uh, who is the Rishkoilo of Das Yosef in Ashdod. Um, and he was Zoha to actually, to have been a Talmud from Rav Gelshen from that first year, Besmedrish, and a Talmud for uh, I'm not giving anything away here. I would say he's been a Talmud uh, for close to, uh, he was a Talmud for close to uh, fif- almost 50 years, 40-something, close to 50 years a Talmud. And uh, Rav Yechiel, uh, it's a COVID Godel. Uh, if, if you would please, to share with us Divrei Haroch and Hesped on your... I, wa- I want to share you, with you a story that uh, Rav Gershon... Rab Gershon Take, he had both inyonim to try to support the best of the best and to try to elevate in the lowest of the lowest. He had both inyonim. And he was checking himself how is he functioning. I'll give you an example. Maybe 30 years ago, came to, to Michael Ingerman, he wanted to be accepted. It wasn't so posh at this time to accept Ingerlite in the Koilel. And he, since he learned in Ponovich, he came with a letter from Rob Gershon Edelstein. God Lador. At this time, Rob Gershon Edelstein wasn't uh, so, like he wasn't a Manigador, like 
in the last uh, 10 years. But he was about a, a very Choshevid, a very Choshevid or Shishiba. And he sent the letter, a whole, a whole page, praise this, this younger man. Finally, to make a long story short, finally I accept him. T took me a while till I was able, but I accepted him. Years later, maybe five, seven years later, I saw Rob Gershon, the Tzal. I came over to him and I said to him, uh, the Rosh sent me a letter about this and this younger man and I accepted him and he's very matzliach. He's a tremendous Talmud Chochem. I said to him how he's matzliach. He was like a moyerdik younger man. Can I know until today? Today is the Rosh in Nebuk. But I, so I said to him, Boch Hashem is very matzliach. Gershon, the Tzal, looked at me and said, was my letter of this younger man? I wrote enough about him. I was shocked, but I saw he wants to know. I said, no. No. He is more choshev. Although Agashen wrote Givaldik on him, but still he's more Hashem. So he said to me, I understand, because he was very Tsonua in Yeshiva. And another reason was, and since then we didn't know how much he's Hashem. So that's why my letter wasn't so Hashem enough for him. So I saw from this that he was checking himself if he was mechabed, the Odom God, the big Talmud Chochem, as much that he is supposed to be mechabed. Lemaise, but we know, all of us know, that Reb Gershon used to point out in Gelaid that they should deal with the Bochum, with, with, with difficulties and all kind of stuff. But I, what I would, I would like to speak today that Klali soil all of a sudden, all of a sudden, realized that as much they knew about Obgashen before, this they couldn't believe. A person should prepare a shear in his last minute. This is something that never happened as much we know. Never happened. We don't know. Mamesh preparing the shear. I I have this pilot because if a Rosh Hashiva is saying shiurim seventy years, seventy one years in Ponovish Yeshiva, he's still preparing Maramekoimes. It's unbelievable. Still to prepare, to be prepared for every shear and even for the shear that he's going to say in the hospital. This is something we can't believe. And to be so involved in the sugyas, in the oimeka sugyas, in his last minute, it's unbelievable. We, we can't imagine. How is it possible, Bechlal? The Pshat is that Kodesh Baruch Hu gave him 
special koiches. And this koiches is, is giving to somebody who is commit to the Torah. It says, I'm a kabel of oil Torah, ma'avirin Manuel malchus, We understand oil Torah means to learn a lot, to learn constantly, gewaldi. Yeah, yeah, it's a good shot. This is another shot. A mekabel of oil Torah means that he was mekabel, that the Torah is his leader. The Torah is mamesh, his leader. If somebody makes the Torah for his leader, his principle, I'm following the Torah and that's it. 100%, 100 years. It's unbelievable. If somebody gets to this level, this is something else. I want to tell you something. In Chutzloretz, you, you say, you, you're going to read Be'aloyscho in El Tisrael Shlach, and next week, Koirach, and you're going to read Shlach. Let's try to think something about Shlach, and then Koirach, and then Be'aloyscho. Let's combine together the three parshias and, and get to what we, we would like to say about Moron Rosha Yeshiva of Gershon Zetzal. I think the Meraglim, they thought they're going to save Klal Yisrael Mamesh from being lost, being a total lost, because they thought Klal Yisrael is going to be killed if they're going to enter El Yisrael. For sure, this was the reason they decided to make everything possible. Klal shouldn't enter Eretz Yisrael. This was for sure the only reason they said what they said, for sure. Because it says in the parasha, Kulo Manoshim, Rashi says, If the Torah says, Anoshim, Loshim, Chashivus, it means they were Choshev and they were very, very responsible. So if so, what was the Chet? What was the Chet? But the Chet is, they didn't ask Moshe Rabbeinu's opinion about the matter. They should ask the Astoiro. Because like Rabbi Lovenstein said before, that the Torah gives us the answer of everything in our life. And for sure, Moshe Rabbeinu is God Lador, the Moshe Rator, the Mechabel Ator. They should ask him what he thinks about the matter. The Torah said, Vayovoyu el Moshe velaharoin velkolo eido. Vayoshivo isom dovor veskolo eido. They came, they spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Arna Cohen, and to all the people together. Why shouldn't they say They go ahead and speak to Moshe Rabbeinu personally and Arna Koyen. And then Moshe Rabbeinu and Arna Koyen can give them maybe a different look. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, after all, says they should enter Eretz soil. Like it says, Alei Reish, it says in, in, in Parshish Dvorim, Alei Reish, Rashi said, you don't need any milchom evichlal. And if this would happen, we wouldn't be in Golis. We wouldn't speak English tonight. We would be in Eretz Yisrael. We'll all 
we would have already the Gula Shleme maybe 2,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. And if, because they didn't ask the Astoira, this would happen. And very interesting, Abba Yisrael. Koirach said, all Israel are holy. It's true. And Rashi says, Everybody heard it's true. The question is what happened afterwards when they left our city. That's the Shaila. If they're going to Sefer, or they they acting like Moshe Rabbeinu. Kudishbahu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, go back to to your tents. Beato, but you, Poya Moidi Modi, you're gonna stay here. Moshe Rabbeinu stayed in Arsina his whole life. But Lemaise Akudishbahu didn't say to Moshe Rabbeinu, go tell them they should leave Arsina. Akudishbahu didn't say this. Akudishbahu said, go to your house, go home. But don't leave our Sinai. Even in your house, our Sinai continues. But if somebody is going away from our Sinai, that's the big problem. Our God adored Gershon Zetzal. He was in our Sinai his whole life. He wasn't, he wasn't at all. He was mamish in our Sinai his whole life. He was in Bismedrash. Like they said on his Levi, Blazer Kahneman Schnitte said, he came to Ponovich in Tovshin Gimel. He never left Ponovich. He came as a Talmud and he stayed after he became Rosh Yeshiva. He never missed a day in Yeshiva in his whole life. And before he came to Ponovich, he knew already all Shasu Poskin. He never left our Sinai. Abba said, we are missing our God Lador. What are we going to do? And I'll tell you, Abba said, because of his Asmode and Dveikus Batoyo, he had a different look on everything in his life. And not only in his life, in what's going on in the world. He was able to give the answer, like Blobenstein said before, from the Torah, a person can have everything from the Torah. And he had it from his Abbein. And he lived with his Abbein. His whole life he used to tell over stories and stories and stories. I'll tell you, Rabbi Isa, a story that he, he told once on Purim, 45 years ago. On Purim, we came for Purim. We were dancing, you know. We were a little freilach on Purim. So Gershon said a story, not a story everybody likes to hear. He said, once the Panamishorov was drunk on Purim. So he said, they can take every Gemara 
and open every daf in Shas, he's going to ask a kasha that nobody asked before. Unbelievable. They took out a Gemara Bometzir and they opened daf Mem Gimel. The Panavish wrote on the spot, he asked the Bekashe. He said, it says, Mem Gimel Omed Beis. Beis Shammai old, Shlichus Yad, is even the Machshove. Toysis is dealing with the Shaila if Machshove is Mamesh Machshove or it's Dibu. But Toysis has a Tzad, it's Machshove Mamesh. So the Panavish Rav asked the Kashe, Moira Dike Geoines Dike Kashe, and Rav Gershon said it on Purim. He said, the din is Toyin Ganev have to be have to have to he has to talk, to to pay careful Toyin Ganev. It's a special aloha in Shoimer. Now he said, how is it possible Toyin Ganev should pay careful? Since Shlichus Yad is b'machshove, so if the Shoimer would be Shleach Yad before the Toyin Ganev. There's not a shoimer anymore. He's already a gazlin. A gazlin can't pay kefi. He can tiny and tiny as ganev from today, I don't know when. So every toy and tiny as ganev, a second before, he had a machshove to be shelech yad. So he became a gazlin. So how can he pay kefi since he's a gazlin? The Panujal of the Kashe, he said it on Purim, and we were shocked from the Kashe. I had it years later, and I was I was working on Ksavim of Shmuel, I was to put out one of the Sforim, Meshir of Shmuel on Boi Basra. So one day I was looking at Ksavim of Shmuel, I saw it says, Shomati Beshei Moron Agrish Kahanem Anshlite Shehikshu, and he brings the Kashe. And he's trying, trying. He says it's a help of a teretz, not mamish against a teretz. It's a very hard kashe. The Panjav asked. So Gershon, he used to live with his rabbin. He never left Al Sinai in his life. But how? You know, Rabbi Sai, what he spoke. I'm telling you, Rabbi Sai, he's godless comes from tools that we have in our closet, from Shasu Poskim and from Sifrei Musel. The Poshete Sifrei Musel that we all know, from the Mesilas Yishorim. And he used to bring the Gemore, Arbot Vorim Tzuchim Chizuk, and he used to quote Rashi, Tomid Ubechol Keichei. You remember? He used to quote every day, Mr. Tomid. Every speech he spoke, he mentioned this. This was his life. That's the only secret. He wasn't like, he, he did push it, push it. And what he used to speak always, a person should learn with cheshe, with simche, not with pressure, with curiosity. This, because the piece of Gemara, every Mishnah, everything was so interesting. And, and, and 
and the Midas Torahs of him, and the Yiras Shomayim of him, brings Kedusha. It brings Kedusha. He never, he never had something. Everything he did was Mamesh B'Yashret, B'Midas Torahs, and B'Simche was Mekar of everybody. And he was a real Talmud. <laughs> what should we do today, Rabbi Sainz? We should do what Rabbi Gershon did. He never left the Chaznish, he never left the Ponevizhov, he never left Shmurozovsky, he never left Rav Shach, he never left Rav David Povalsky. He never left his Rabbeim, he never left his father that he learned by the whole Shach before he came to the Yeshiva. He never left the Bismedosh in his life. He was in Bismedosh even when he was in the hospital in his last day. He was in Yeshiva, he never left. This is the way Kodesh Baruch Hu was teaching us with his schools. Aboisa, it says, Mishehoyo, whoever was in Ashkavte, the Rebbe, Mezum, and Lachai, what's the Pshat? Because he has such a soilless inspiration. That's why it's Mezum. Aboisa, Ashkavte, the Rebbe, the Rabbeinu HaKodosh, was in the whole world. Everybody was shocked. That's the Koyach We should take his example and we should continue to be Matzliach. This should be Leilu Nishmosoy. We should be Zoycha very soon to the Gitam Savitz. He is a Machabel. He is the Rosh Mesifte of the Menachel of Yeshivas Mekorchayim in Lakewood. And uh, he's the Machabel of the Sefer Yismachlev. Which is a beautiful four-volume sefer on uh, Kedush. Uh, Rav Menachem had the schus of being an American bocher in Ponovich, and although, as he's uh, is going to explain, he most American bocherim had little to do with Rav Gelshin, he did, and he describes here very beautifully his kesho. What I'm going to in in Ponovich yeshiva, it was Yudua that the yeshiva started off with six bocherim. The yeshiva started off with six bachim, and uh, the first six bachim, two of them were Reb Gershon Zatzal and his brother Biankif. And all six gathered became graces, Talmud Chama, Bitzitayim, and Klai, so Tanrirov's core was, was Nachaych, the first six bachim. And Lamaisa, Reb Gershon's Rabbi Muvik, Reb David Favarsky, used to always say that even though it started with six, but the first was Reb and he was the Makar, Mamish, the Makar of everything. And that's why Panovich became such a... Eimah Yeshivas, uh, you know, he held it, went through Urgashim. He was the Tzina of everything that came out after. Maisi was Makusha to the Panovich Rav, believe in that was not shy how Makushi he was. He, any excuse, he had to say something from the Rav, he used to say, whether it was Tayyar, whether it was a Vart, whether it was a Maisa, whether it was a... He, Mamish, he lived with the Panovich Rav. I saw that, I heard it, and it's Yudua. In Panovich, everyone knows that there were three G'dayli Hagdar that were the Rashiva, Ma'an of Shmuel Zavsky, Ma'an of Shach, and Ma'an of Dov Pavaski. But not so many people know that their Hemshech was mamish, unbelievable. Each one had a Talmud Muvik that was, of course, Talmudim of all three Rashivas, but each one picked one of the three Drachim and they became a Talmud Muvik. Ma'an of Shmuel Zavsky's Talmud Muvik, Zalzayn Gesundenstark, is my Rabbi, Hagrain Revel Pavaski, Mamish took. He was a Talmud of his father, but he took that Derek in Gansen. Everything was a Shmuel. 
Talmud Muvik, Umar and Abshach, was a going, a god of Shlem Kaberman, Zatzal, the Edom of Stipler, and the Talmud of Moran of David was Erbification. And upon the visuals, you do it. Everyone used to say that this was how it went, and they brought down that Messiah Vaita. The Meister, Reb David Pivarsky, said on his Talmud Muvik, on the Gershon, as a Reina Mensch. Nowadays, titles are a dime a dozen, not even a dime a dozen, with inflation the other way. It's, it's a Gelechte. If David was so, was so careful in anything he ever said, he probably out, never said in his life about anyone that they're a Reina Mensch. If David had a real, yeah, yeah, it was a real attack, a real, he had that, that, that really tiefer, Fashtana mentioned, and there were very few people in the world that he said that Irena mentioned. As Yedua used to say, Ergeshin is Mamash Irena Mench. He says, A Sholem, a Pelde Kazachin came out of David about his Talmud Muvik, Ergeshin. When the Pon of Jerov told the two Edelstein boys, Agayin Ergeshin, Agayin Ergeshin, to never dorm when they opened Pon of Yeshiva, so they slept and they they, they ate and slept by. Mon, my Virabi, or Mechiyudas, that's how Mechiyudas left village. So, as it is, Mechiyudas had a Mishpacha with a teeny house, but somehow everyone fit into one room, and all the kids and everything, and Lamaisa, Biankiv, and Rav Gershon moved into the house. And I heard from Mechiyudas about Rav Gershon and Rav Gershon, I heard from Rav Yankiv and Rav Gershon about Mechiyudas. They became so close, they mamish, Rav Gershon and Rav Yankiv helped Talmidim of Mechiyudas, even though they never learned by him. The mamas from that kufa that they lived in the house for over two years, and Shiva Mechiyuda said he saw such godless in these two bachim. He spoke about a bespilus so many years later. When I came to learn in Pamuji Shiva, so the Shiva Rabbi Bel Pavaski used to give what was called the Chutznik Chabura. Once a week, he would give a Chabura to all the Chutznik bachim, which was Vikas Americans, it was also some English and some from Strites. And uh, whatever other places, but Pekitsa, more or less, those were the three places that I learned in Panavish. And they used to give in Yiddish, they used to give for the island. So after the 32 American Bachram, everyone came out, used to go, and everyone became very close to their bell through that. Bell was a very outgoing, shmakiyid, and his tayir is not chayach, his masak bedvash. And the island gravitated very much to Ribera. I felt bad, as in other them got away, and uh, the island has no shaykhs because he didn't say in Yiddish. So I went one day, Mamish was maybe in Yeshiva for a month, and I went over to Rebgesh and I said, I said, maybe the Yeshiva could give the Chutznikim also a Chabur in Yiddish. So I'll never forget, he said, he said, Ivrit is a Prusta Sprach. Ich will take a given Torah in Yiddish, while Yiddish is a Edel Sprach, it says a Yiddish Sprach, it's a Hart Sprach. Mamish went on and on, that Yiddish is the way what you're supposed to be talking. Every day, Gashin and Rebel used to give a shir in the morning, and they went every day further, you know, invite them the Soviets. But at night, every single night, they used to give the Chabura to different age groups, but the same Chabura. Rebel and Marvari, Gashin was every single night the same Chabura, Sunday through Thursday night. So Maisa, he said to me, Do you understand the Vrit? So I said, ah, you know, not great. I'm just here for a month. So he said, oh, but basic, you understand? I said, yeah. He said, so come, and I'll, I'll tell you afterwards what you're missing. So I started going on Thursdays, and uh, he was so mekar of me, and afterwards he'd come and tell me the vart and mamish. I was like, it was my thing. I used to stay behind, and it was very geschmack, you know, to have a geshem one-on-one. And he used to tell me over the vart in Yiddish, obviously, 
like we said before, and it was very gishmak. The kids, uh, there was an Inga man in Ponovich, his name is Ursaslav, very harsh of Inga man. So he used to come to the Sunday Chabura, and he used to write it up after the Chabura. And Monday morning he would give it to the Shiva, and the Shiva Gershon used to have it on his agenda Monday night when he gave the Chabura. And anyone who had a good order, he would write in the order. And any, you know, people would rise, cashes, whatever it was, and he would write in it. And then later at night, he would fix it up. And then Tuesday again, or Wednesday again. So by Thursday, it was Dava Shalim. It went through five groups of Choshva, Talmidi, Panovish, and everyone came with the Bekoyus and the Kashas and Terutzim and Rais. Lamai said, by Thursday, it was a fat Gazach. So I used to come Thursday, so instead of him going, or Sassel coming to the Shiva, so I was the Shliach to bring the Ksavim every week to Rabbi Sassel to then go and work it over and have a fat Gazach to put out for the Oilam. If the Shabbos at the end, which turned into Shiur of Geshe. So two things. I remember one time, I, uh, I'm in my room and I get a knock on the door. Someone tells me the Shiva wants you very important. I said, okay. I go running to Geshe. And I, you know, he said to bring the Ksavim. I bring the Ksavim. And he said that the, the, the Shia is perfect. The Chabur is perfect. But I remember I quoted the Rav. And I'm afraid I want to see how we wrote the, the Rav. And he looks and said, Rav me Panovich. I said, oh, I'm glad I chapped it before they printed it. He took out a red pen, he wrote, Mor and Haggai with the Ponovish. That was that go. The Chabit the Rav, in a Shana Oifa. And I had such enough in that tale. But Maisa, the Gabbos of Yeshiva, trying to make an American Bacha feel good, used to always say, any of my Torah that comes out is Yoschus. What did I do? I was just a delivery man. But Maisa, that was the Yeshiva's way of being Mechazic American Bacha. And he used to say, years later, I say, years later, say, all the Schusim of the Shiva of Gershon is because of you and Obsesla. 99% of us, I saw Ulay, 1% myself, but I'll take the credit. The Maisa, the Yeshiva, was, um, I was one time, late, I'll try to finish up a little quicker. There was one time I came into the, I was walking to the Yeshiva's house for the Chabura, and I was holding an Avaidus at Tvila, Safe on Tvila, which has beautiful piers on Tvila. And the Yeshiva stops in the street and he says, What safe is that? I never saw it before. So I gave it to him, he started looking, he had a lot of anna. He never saw it, he was looking, it was beautiful. Punct, before the field started, I wrote, Mamish, uh, I, I wrote the Dalif name Atel, Twelve words on the top of the page in the corner, you know, because I used that as my for my Shvanasar. So she didn't look what it said for some reason. And he says, He's like all excited. So I could have corrected him and said, She was not a go, it's just Dalif name, you know, for the two. So I didn't say anything. He comes into Chabur, he says the Chabur, about to leave, he's about to give me the Ksavim. He says, Rabbi say, we have to learn from the, the American Bocha that we write Hagoyas on Hagoyas on Shmanazir. You know, I just, I would have corrected him then, but at that point I wasn't going to say no. It's just a little, that uh, was not little, but the Maisa, that, I didn't do that. The Maisa, I, twice I ate Parashiva Shabbos, it was Mamash in the but the, pel- the most pelvic of mice is the following mice, and we'll try to end with that. It's the, the time, even though a lot more reaction to give up. I just don't want to hold the chashvail. What happened was, there's, what happened was, it was Benaz Manim for Pesach. And my parents were coming to Yitzchol. My father, Old Hashol, and my mother were coming to Yitzchol for Pesach. So they were coming two days before Pesach. So it was Benaz Manim. There were 32 Americans when I was there. 31 all went back to America, and I stayed when my parents were coming. I'm walking the first day, Ben Azmanim, and I bump into Rav Gershon. So he says, 
why aren't you going to America? What's going on? So I said, Shiva, I'm staying. My parents are coming to Israel. I'm staying. So he goes, was wird sein? Gershon was the most menuchet that can mention the world. He was menuchet. He was calm. He got all for taste of mama. She said, was wird sein? He says, you're going to sleep in, in the dorm alone? And where are you going to eat? Where are you, Pasha? Where are you going to eat? That's the... So Shiva, it's Beseda. First of all, there are some bachim that's still in the dorm. And even if it's empty, was is, was it? Middle of Bnei Brakot, you know, what's the... Number two, to get something to eat, I'll get to the She says, you're moving into my house, you're going to stay by me until your parents come. You'll do so, you'll be, I should have just moved into the Shiva's house, but the I said, nah, Shiva, I can't move into your house. <laughs> and I can have to go around and do things, go places, I have to be there like, by nine o'clock until closing the door. Whatever it was, you'll do so, but the Maisa, I made up shower to Shiva, I'll eat three meals a day by him, but I'm not going to come to sleep. She said, okay, but Kaishi's masking. But my says the next three days, I could have went till my parents came, but I went to Yerushalayim three days later, but those three days I ate breakfast, lunch, and supper. He told me a time to come. I came, and we, and we schmoozed. I remember he was a masman otzim, but he was so varm. Remember he brought out a chazanish that he got as a matana from the chazanish, inscribed for chasana. <coughs> then the Rebbe said, now you have to show her to Pesach's safer that he sent you. To Pesach Frank sent him a safer, and he went and he brought it out, also inscribed. Then he takes down from the wall, he had a picture in the 25th year of Ponovish. So he took a picture of all the Bacham with their Ram and their Shivas and everything. He takes it down and he starts showing me, this one's this, this one's that. He was like, to become a, a, a Megachi here, and he's this, and he's giving me a ganze history of Ponovish. It was marvelous, and this year is cool, I tell you, and he was just so big, he's so good, I guess that was his Bainas Manam. She was Bainas Manam, was the Chazak Zainab's American Bacham, you know, stranded in the desert somewhere in the middle of Bnei I went to Yerushalayim again. You'll do so. You'll be thinking back now. Should have stayed for a week and a half. But I stayed for three days. A few years later, when the Rebetzin, who was the Shimonic Diskin's sister, very, very moedika, Chasha Rebetzin, she was, she was nifta, so I sent a, a brief. I sent a letter. Four years later, I came to visit her Shiva. He stood up right away. He ran to a drawer, pulled out the letter, and he showed me. He says, you know, he showed me that it was Taka Nechama. I wrote how the Rebbe was so nice to me when I came that time, when I came for Jabosim, and he Taka remembered and he appreciated. The Maisa, every year of Joshona, for 23 years, I used to call, and he used to give me a bracha, but it wasn't to be eight, so I used to talk and ask and how I'm doing, how I'm kindleach and everything. By my chassan, he sent me a beautiful letter by my children's bar mitzvahs. I called up to tell him about bar mitzvahs and my children, and he sent svarim to each one, including Taya Adam. He sent a uh, rank of Adam for his bar mitzvah, a beautiful inscription in the, in the, in the safe he sent. And every time I used to go, he was gewaldig, mekavu, simcha, was, was not shy. I looked forward to it. But he was, if people didn't know Rav Gershon, you, you, if you, you know, he was very menuchedik, but he wasn't that, like that shmeichel de command. When I came, he was always extremely van. Mamash, and amoyedike, and he stopped right there. The Yashus was straight duch and duch and duch. He didn't know from anything. He didn't know from shtick. He didn't know from anything. There was Azat Tamimis. And Beryl said, he said, he said his menucha, his reguikite, was bechol yoim shechoyl, like a Shabbos. The Maisa stated that Tamachachim is Nikr Shabbos. He had a gewaldige menucha to him. It was when you were in his presence, you just felt 
a Maidik Menucha. He was Adam Masuda Ma'id. He knew exactly what every safe was. He knew his Ksavma. He knew where he wrote something 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It was, it was unbelievable, his, his Sida. And it was very nice where Kilamaisi, he was, Beryl said it today. If you don't know the Isafa, then it's just, someone even called me up. Why did Rebel say that? I explained it to him. Rebel said he was about to decay in yeshiva for many, many years. He was about to decay in front of yeshiva for over 50 years, and he never missed a tail. Rebel didn't say that. I'm telling that. It's you do in Panavish, he never had to go back once to do a tail. Something not, not heard of. For 50 years, never once to have to go back and, and blow the shaifa again for a tail. Is is Marvel I'll just share so one more just one more one more Zach. But Hepham was he was the Bal in Yeshiva for many, many, many years. He was beautiful. I was only Zaykh to hear him once man. I came Elzman at the end of Elzman. He said he can't do it anymore, it's too much. So he passed it off to a very Khashiv younger man. A footnote, but it's powerful. What happened was this younger man, it came to the end of the Fabracious, say Fabracious. And the young man, the Elam said, Chazak, Chazak, Venus Chazak, and he said, right away, Kaddish. So, right after davening, the Gabbai, Rabbi Shechta, Ben Agayin, Shalom Shechta, went over to him and he said, why didn't you repeat Chazak, Chazak, Venus Chazak? That's the Minigan Klai, so. So, the Gans against Kaddi says, this is Minig Ponovish. The Gans against Kaddi says, as I? So if you're telling me something that the Rav did, so I can start doing research, yeah, maybe not. Oh, yeah, fine. So the question's right here. Let's go ask. <laughs> Let's go find out. So I went along. We went over and called to Rav So the Shiva, you know, the Shiva's laying for 40 years, I don't know how many years he was laying. And the Maisa, when the Shiva got tended to say, but does the Shiva repeat the Chazak, Chazak, and the Chazak, or not? He says, yeah, I'll tell you. He says, the Kriya, the real master here, repeating Chazak, Chazak is an Indian, but how are you supposed to repeat it? So I didn't repeat it loud. I said it low, but Avada I said it. So what well, almost became Minik Panovish was saved by the uh, the Gabe. The Maisa, he was he, he he had such a havoc to every Bentaira, he had such a havoc nefesh to anyone who was Mamish Bentaira and he light and everything. It was always Bachazik. So if we started off when we said Tamakhokam Shemesa Kalnikrava, there's no shaila Pazashamu. Of that experience, I think we were able to bring uh, the Diburim of, of Rav Gershon uh, to light. Um, Mirza Hashem, uh, I, I think what I've discovered over the last couple of the last week is the richness of the Torah of Rav Gershon, the 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 Korkite, the Behirus, and hopefully, you know, as as we are in the Shloishim of Rav Gershon, uh, it should be an impetus for people to mamish be making base medrash al Kloroi. Uh, or or the divrei teira, those are mamish. That's that's taka the nefoshes l'tzadikim, and mitzah shem al yedei being masker him. It'll be not his teira will zikher be moisiv schuyos to his neshama. Rav Gershon always used to speak about the idea of the neshama is a chaylech, but even in the yom ha'emes when we learn with schusay, when we're inspired by him. And hopefully the Welt can be inspired by this incredible towering figure to 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 be moisif in Yerushamayim, to be moisif in Sifrei Musa, but also, of course, to be moisif in, in his masrus, to Limeratera. And we know that'll be Niskav Vaiter and the Schuyus of this Anak, this Odom Godel Moed, this Machanech Otsum that became the Manag of Klal Yisro. Shkoyach to everyone that was being started. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 